Welcome to the Staying Connected podcast, the preaching ministry of Rosemont Baptist Church in Montrose, Colorado. I am Pastor Roland Kennison, and I want to thank you for listening. Rosemont Baptist Mission is passionately bringing people face-to-face with the life-changing power of Jesus Christ. It's our prayer that through this podcast, you will hear our passion for the gospel and people's need to hear it, and that you will truly experience the transformation that only Jesus Christ can bring. I pray you find the following sermon encouraging and challenging and will build you up in the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ. And one more thing before we begin. If any of the sermons in our podcast have been helpful to you, would you please let us know? It would be a great help and blessing to us to know that this ministry is being used by God in your life and ministry. Would you tell us where you're located and specifically how this ministry has helped you? We greatly anticipate hearing from you. You can simply send me an email at pastor at rosemontbaptist.org. Now, Let's begin our time today. We are going to be in, I'm going to start at the very least in the book of Psalms. We're going to be everywhere. It's going to be a little bit like a Bible drill today, but, uh, but don't worry because the verses will be up on the screen. If you don't have a Bible, there's one under the pew for you and a little black Bible. And if you open the Bible right to the middle, no matter what Bible you have, probably close to the middle is the book of Psalms. And we're going to look in Psalm 68. We're going to talk about how God is a father to the fatherless and our part in sharing our father's heart. And so let's look in Psalm 68 and starting in uh, verse 4. We're going to use this to launch off and we'll be in other places this morning. Psalm 68 verse 4. Sing to the Lord. Sing praises to his name. Lift up a song for him who rides through the deserts, whose name is the Lord, and exalt before him. A father to the fatherless, and a judge for the widows, is God in his holy habitation. He makes a home for the lonely. He leads out the prisoners into prosperity. Only the rebellious dwell in a parched land. Let's pray this morning over our passage. Heavenly Father, I... I thank you that you are a good father, as we sang today, and that this is your world, and the wrong does oft seem strong, but you still are the ruler. And so God, as we turn our hearts to a special group of people that have a special place in your heart, God, I ask that you would break our heart for the fatherless. And God, I pray that we would individually and as a church be known as those who introduce people to the Father, to the fatherless, the Heavenly Father. God, I ask this today in Jesus' name. Amen. There, there is a worldwide growing epidemic that has hit our country. At this very minute, 25 million children have been affected by it. By some accounts, that is 50% of every child you see, one out of two, have been impacted by this. 25 million is enough to fill New York City twice, or Los Angeles six and a half times. When there's a young boy who's been impacted by this scourge, 
It is the greatest predictor of his life and future trajectory. It is not a secret contagion that no one knows about. In fact, everybody knows this is going on. And yet very little is done about it. This epidemic is fatherlessness. Fatherlessness is a plague that has come across this nation. And when it hits a family, it becomes, those children become some of the most vulnerable people in our society. This is not a condemnation of single mom families, and I want to make sure you understand that as I go. Single moms, some pretty much are heroes when the dad skips out. This is not condemn, con- condemning a man who, who has passed away, that God took him before he could raise his children. We are talking about men who leave their families and the impact it has on the children. When a child, when a family has been impacted by this, it impacts every aspect of their life. It impacts them financially, emotionally, developmentally, psychologically, and spiritually. I want to tell you some of the stats that fatherlessness produces. It impacts the family financially. We have a screen, I believe, of that. When a when fatherlessness impacts a family financially, they are four times more, 47% more likely to live in poverty than if there was a father in the home. 32% or 32 times more likely to run away and become homeless. Most homeless teens or children, 90% of them are from homes who don't have a father. It impacts children financially. It impacts them educationally. When a child does not have a father at home, they are nine times more likely to drop out of school than if there was a father in the home. There would be, um, they're, they're more likely to, to repeat a, a grade because they were not able to pass a grade. It impacts them behaviorally. When a child does not have a father in their home, they are 20 times more likely to have behavioral problems in in their life. When there is a daughter who does not have a dad in the home, they are 711 times percent, I mean, 711 percent more likely to become a pregnant teenager. They are 279% more likely to carry a gun and deal drugs. Notice the and deal drugs. Become criminals. It impacts their health. Sorry, I've, I've mixed these up. Sorry, guys. Their health. They're two times more likely to become obese. They are... They are ten times more likely to abuse chemical substance. Did you know when there's not a father in the house, when a child is born, like a supporting father that's there supporting the mother, infant mortality rate is is, uh, four times more likely in the first 28 days of that infant's life. I don't know the connection there. But an infant is four times more likely to die if the dad is not there in the home. They are more likely to be 
criminals. Go back to the, the behavioral slide, please. They're more likely to become criminals. They're more likely to be in prison. And they are five times more likely. Children without a father are five times more likely to take their life as a child. Fatherlessness is a plague on our, on our community and our families. And it impacts them spiritually as well. There is no doubt that faith is on the decline in our country. I think we could all say that we know there are fewer people who declare themselves to be followers of the Lord than there used to be. And what a lot of times churches say, and what people say who are the, the, the ones who think about society and faith and statistics, they say that lack of faith has produced fatherlessness. But there's a study out, I have some copies up here, this particular study done by a group called Communio. Um, it, it, this particular study says this, it says it's the reverse. It says that fatherlessness is what fuels faith decay. That when there are not fathers in the home who are Christian fathers who've been told the faith, the faith is not transferred to the children. And thus, there is a faith decay. They say this in a study, a sharp and cultural disruptive decline in married fathers over the past 60 years appears to be driving the decline in active church participation on a societal level over the past 40 years. It says fatherlessness is what fuels faith decline. It's an important issue. It should be an important issue for us in sharing our faith and how people live. This study says this, last quote I'll give you from this study. It says, to evangelize fruitfully in the 21st century, we must reverse the declining number of marriages. That is to say, less and less people are getting married and just living together and then just disappearing when things go awry. We need to decrease that and increase the number of of real marriages, that is, and then improve marital health, and then increase the effectiveness of fathers in those marriages. Guys, that's not going to happen in a six-week That is a generational investment that says we got to start future fathers. We can start with fathers, but we can change this direction by dealing with boys. And telling them what it means to be a godly man. So we are going to launch a ministry today. And this ministry today is meant to minister to boys who do not have a father in the home. And the goal is to tell them, you have a heavenly father who will never leave you or forsake you. You can forgive your physical father and you can come to know Jesus and become a great father on your own. That is the goal of this ministry. It's reversing the trend of fatherlessness one boy at a time. I don't know if we can change around a nation. I don't know. But I know this. I know we can drastically change the trajectory of one boy's life. In the power of Jesus' name. This ministry is geared toward boys that are 7 years old through 17 years old. It's not a single mom ministry, although there's going to be ministry done to single moms, ladies, I'm sure. It is not a family ministry. It is targeting future fathers. 
And so let's talk about let's talk about that. Let's first I want to talk about the problem of fatherlessness. You said you just showed me the problem of fatherlessness. Yes, but let's talk about it spiritually. Let's see what scripture has to say about it. See, the, the scripture tells us that God has a created order. That in the very beginning, God created a male and he created a female and he said, I want you two to make a family. He told them that by saying, go and be fruitful and multiply. Guys, that is God's ordained model for the family. And when we move away from a man and a woman who is married and then make children, when we move further away from that, there is more risk of sin coming into that situation. Whenever we move further away from God's ordained path on anything, there is more risk of sin entering in. And so I'm, I'm not saying that everyone's perfect. I'm saying what Scripture says, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Every one of us, every one of our families have moved away a little bit from what God's ordained plan was. We all have rebelled against the Lord and need God's grace. But I'm simply saying this is God's idea that family, a man and a woman and the the children together. And when we drift from that, everything is impacted. The family is broken and things change. When the father is absent, the father's role is not done in the manner in which God ordained it. If the father's gone, the mother attempts to cover those roles. She has to. But it doesn't happen the way God intends it to. You hear what I'm saying? These mothers are trying to keep their family together. If they're, if they're in their faith, they're trying to teach the kids the faith. But it is not working according to God's ordained plan. God's ordained model. So what are these roles the Father is supposed to do? Let's look at some scripture and see. I'm just going to give a few of them. One, one of those roles is this. The Father is to teach His children. The Father is to teach the children specifically about the faith. Dads, your job. It's not the mom's job. God places the responsibility of transferring faith to your children directly on your shoulders, men. It is your job. When the people of God were ready to enter the promised land, they'd been wandering for 40 years. Moses is ready to die. He gives them the the instructions. He repeats the law to them. That's what the whole book of Deuteronomy is about. It's a retelling of the law. He he show they show up at the the edge of the of the Jordan River. They're ready to enter in and Moses gives them what's called the great Shema. It's called the Shema because the word here is the word Shema in Hebrew. And this is what it says in Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 8. Deuteronomy 6, 4 through, I'm sorry, 4 through 9. It says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. These words which I'm commanding you today shall be on your heart. And while he's commanding the men of the people of God, he says this. You shall teach them diligently to your sons and shall talk 
of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and you rise up, you shall bind them as a sign on your hand and be in frontals on your forehead and you shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. He's saying when you go to bed at night and when you wake up in the morning or, or when you wake up in the morning, go to bed at night and every time in between, you need to be teaching this to your children. When you go out and when you come in and every second in between, you are to be teaching your children. You are to put them on everything you do. The frontal or the, the bind them on their hands. They're supposed to show up in the things that you do. It's to be frontals on your forehead. Everything you think should show that you are teaching your children about the Lord. And when you put it on your doorposts and on your gateposts, when someone comes up to your house, you're just like, I don't know where you come from, but when you come to this house, we are teaching about the Lord. These children are going to know about the Lord. It is on the men that this was placed to. And then the rest of the passage says, don't forget to do this. Because if you do, the next generation won't get it. Look what he says in verse 10. Of Deuteronomy 6. He says, Then it shall come about when the Lord your God brings you into the land which He swore to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give to you great and splendid cities which you did not build, and houses full of good things which you did not fill, and hewn cisterns which you did not dig, and vineyards and olive trees you did not plant and eat and were satisfied. They come into the promised land and they're at ease because they have so much and they're so prosperous. And He says, then watch yourself. See what it says? That you do not forget the Lord who brought you from the land of Egypt out of the house of slavery. See, that's all Old Testament, but we live in light of the New Testament that says that we need to teach our child from day one about Jesus. Guys, don't wait till you think your child can understand. Hold that infant and sing, sing hymns to that infant. Let them know that when they come to church, It's a safe place. Get your kids in church. When you're reading them, open up a book and read them stories of the Bible. Whether it's directly from the Bible or the children stories of the Bible. Talk to them and read to them about heroes of the faith and how they gave their life. And then learn, I mean, love them and teach them and serve that they come to know who Jesus Christ is. So at the moment, that that first moment that they're able to receive Christ, they will. Make the soil so fertile and make it so ready and so um, uh, uh, conducive to receiving the faith that the minute they're able to, they will accept Christ. That is the father's job. The father is to teach the children. The father is to love and bless the children. Look in Luke 11. Luke 11. Luke 11, verse 11 and 12 says this. Now suppose one of you fathers is asked by his son for a fish. He will not give him a snake instead of a fish, will he? Or if he asks for an egg, will he not give him a scorpion, will he? Fathers, you are not to be the main antagonist in your child's life. I've seen fathers who believe their job is to tease their children and toughen their children up. And they mock them and they degrade them and they embarrass them. And that is not the model we have in Scripture. Our Heavenly Father doesn't do that to us. Why should we? We are to love them unconditionally. 
men, and we are to speak words of blessing to our children. Build them up and encourage them so that they understand that their father is a reflection of their heavenly father. The father is to love and bless his children, and the father is to discipline his children. Look in Proverbs 3. Proverbs 3, it says in verse 11 and 12, My son, do not reject the discipline of the Lord or loathe his reproof, for the Lord loves. For whom the Lord loves, he reproves, even as a father corrects the son in whom he delights. Dads, the discipline of our children is to fall to you. This is not abuse. We don't beat our kids. We don't run them down with words. It is discipline. Our main job as dads is to make sure our children understand how to relate to our father. And so we want them to to know when they're told no, it means no. Not three seconds and then no, but no. And when we say, you can trust me to not do this, they learn that the Father, when He says, I don't want you doing this, they say, I can trust that God's got my best interest in mind. The Father is to be the disciplinarian. Again, mothers do. Mothers love and bless their children. Mothers teach their children the faith. But when a father does these things, the statistics say when a father teaches a kid faith, it is incredibly effective. And mother's blessing, a child needs the mother's love and blessing, but there is something special about a father's blessing. And moms can discipline the kids, but there's something about the dad doing it. Ask any VBS or Awana teacher what happens when a man walks into the room with rowdy kids. There is something about it. What is it? It's God's ordained plan. And when the father's absent from their home, then the child doesn't receive the father's teaching and the father's love and blessing and the discipline. Again, it doesn't mean their moms aren't doing this. So that's the problem. The problem of fatherless is this isn't happening. We have men growing up who's never heard an encouraging word from another man saying, I love you unconditionally and I pray God's blessing upon you. And we wonder why men are boys. They've never been taught about the faith that they should have in Jesus Christ. They've never been taught by a father discipline. And so we have stunted emotionally men trying to lead families who are never been, who've never been equipped because their father wasn't there. And we can break that cycle. That's the problem. We have those who do not know that there is a heavenly father who loves them and cares for them unconditionally and will never leave them or forsake them. So how do we minister to these fatherless? How do we do that? We need to remember that God, like, like Wes read at the beginning, real religion is to visit the orphans in their distress and they are in distress. Help the widows and the orphans. God has a heart for the fatherless. Yes, in the Bible, an orphan was those whose parents, both parents died and they weren't able to have a place in society. They couldn't make a living. They didn't have a place. They couldn't defend themselves and they needed someone to help them. And God said, I want you, my people, to be the one to bring the defense to them. So how do we do this? 
Because of their unique vulnerability, God instructed us to do this. How do we do it? First, look in Deuteronomy 24. We need to provide the things that they need. Now follow me on this. Provide the things that they need. 24 verses 17 through 19. He tells them in the law, Moses again is retelling the law. He says, you shall not pervert the justice due to an alien or an orphan, nor take a widow's garment in pledge. But you shall remember that you were a slave in Egypt and that the Lord your God redeemed you from there. Therefore, I am commanding you to do this thing. When you reap your harvest in your field and have forgotten a sheaf in the field, you shall not go back and get it. It shall be for the alien, for the orphan, and for the widow, in order that the Lord your God may bless you in all the work of your hands. How do we minister? We need to remember, first of all, that we were vulnerable. We were slaves in Satan's prison, and there was no way out. And Jesus Christ came to us. We didn't deserve it. We weren't, we didn't get our lives together. It wasn't because from the family we were from. Jesus Christ came and said, I set you free. And he gave us his good grace. And when we were set free, it changed us. And we need to remember that when we were in that vulnerable position, what did God give us? He gave us His good grace. That's what these people need. He says in this passage, provide them justice. doesn't mean give them what they deserve in the sense that, boy, they're really going to get their just desserts. It's more like they are, they are individuals made in the image of God, and they've been dealt a bad hand. That is to say, children born to a family without a father didn't do anything to be born in a family without a father. And they need the grace of God. And so we provide what we can. What did we, what did we say they need? They need someone to teach them about the faith in Jesus Christ. They need someone to love them unconditionally and bless them with words. And they need someone to teach them discipline. And you know what? We can do that. We can do that, men. There is not a believer here, a man who has accepted the Lord and truly transformed. There isn't one of you that could not do that for a young boy. We are to provide the things that they need. We are to provide them an example. We're to provide them an example to spur them on. Look in verse uh, Titus 2, 6 through 8. It says... And 6 through 8, likewise, urge the young men to be sensible and listen, in all things show yourself to be an example of good deeds with purity and doctrine, dignified, sound in speech, which is beyond reproach, so that the opponent will be put to shame, having nothing bad to say about us. These young men need an example. We're not looking to replace a father. We're not making, we're not replacing a father. We're simply giving these men, these young boys, a man to look up to and to provide an example. That is what he has called us to do. We are to provide the things that they need and we are to provide an example. And guys, that means we get to tell them and show them there is a new way to life. There's a new way. Look what it says in Psalm 78. It's a long passage. But in Psalm 78, we are told about a new way. 
Psalm 78 verse 1, incline, listen, O my people, to my instruction. Incline your ears to the word of my mouth. I will open up my mouth in parable, utter dark sayings of old, which we have heard and know, and our fathers have told us. If you're a Christian and your father was involved in your life, maybe even crucial to your, to your accepting of Christ, that's what he's saying. We, we've got this dark saying of all this mystery saying that has been for a long time that Jesus Christ has come and he would, can save you. And you know that. Then it says, it says we've heard it, know it, our fathers have told it, we will not conceal them from their children. But tell to the generation to come the praises of the Lord and His strength and His wondrous works that He has done. For He has established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a new law in Israel which He commanded our fathers. He commanded our fathers, it says, that they should teach them to their children. Listen, that the generation to come might know even the children yet to be born that they may arise and tell them To their children. That they should put their confidence in God. And not forget the works of God. But keep His commandments. And not be like their fathers. A stubborn and rebellious generation. A generation that did not prepare its heart. And whose spirit was not faithful to God. We get to be the ones, church, that goes to these young boys and say, There is a new way. You don't have to be the man that your, that your father who left you. You don't have to be like that. There is a different way. It's found in Christ. And, and you can break that cycle and become a godly man and a godly husband and a godly father and then teach your children the faith. There is a new way. We are the foundation of what we believe is that Jesus can miraculously transform every heart, right? And so he can change the trajectory of this boy's life. We get to tell him there is a new way. We get to tell him that there is a father who wants this boy and his eternal family, like it says in 1 John 1:12, to as many as received him to them He gave the right to become children of God. Or in Galatians 3.26, that we are children of God through faith in Jesus Christ. That they can come into this family that God wants to adopt them and bring them in. We get to be the ones to tell them about their Heavenly Father, that they can break the, the, the cycle of fatherlessness like it's, they could say in, like it says in, in Psalm 27 verse 10, My father and my mother may have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me up. That's good news. They need Jesus. They need their heavenly father because God is a father to the fatherless. Again, we're not attempting to replace anyone's father. We're not condemning a father. This ministry is solely concerned that this young boy knows that he has a heavenly father in Jesus Christ that will never leave him and forsake him. Created him, loves him, and will never leave him. And that he sent his son to bring this child into his family. To know what 2 Corinthians says. 2 Corinthians 6.18 
that our God said this, I will be a father to you and you shall be my sons and daughters to me, says Yahweh Almighty, says the Lord Almighty. You know, I love what Ephesians 1.15 says, but I like it. It's in the New Living Translation. Listen to what it says. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. Look what it says. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. There was no one twisting God's arm that says, bring you into his family. It brought him pleasure to do. And we get to tell a boy, there is a father who's pleased to bring you into his family. And so we say with John, you know, how, how great a love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. And that's what we are, it says. We get to tell people, specifically boys who need to hear that. So we begin, we, sorry, we end where we began in Psalm 68. Let me read it again. Sing to God, sing praises to His name. Lift up a song for Him who rides through the deserts, whose name is the Lord, and exult before Him a father to the fatherless. A judge for the widows is God in His holy habitation. He makes a home for the lonely, he leads the prisoners. He leads out the prisoners. Folks, we're going to have a lunch right after this. And in that lunch, our missionary supporting this year, Mike Peretjen, he's going to tell us more about this ministry. I want to challenge you to come, everybody. We got enough food. Just going to this, this lunch doesn't obligate you to anything. But it's going to talk more about how this ministry will work. In, in short, this is what this ministry looks like. I'm, I don't try to steal Mike's thunder, but you need to, because it's a powerful, it's a powerful thing. Every man will be connected with a boy. This man's going to go through some process of investigation and make sure that this is the guy that needs to be doing this. There might be some that may not need to be doing it at this particular One that's connected up, this man's going to make four contacts with this every month. Two of those times is taking that, getting that boy and bringing him to church. Sitting with church, worshiping with the Lord. You guys are already coming to church. You're just picking up someone else. Okay, so that's that's two times. Third time, this man is taking up this young man, and they are going to go and do a service at someone's house. Ladies, need some help with this. If you're a widow and need something done, what a great way to connect with a young boy who needs somebody in his life to tell him love and good words. We've got men going all over doing service projects. They can just pick up somebody and show them what it means to serve along. That's the third visit. The fourth time that month, they'll go through a study that's specifically geared to help this boy bring a forgiveness to his physical father because a wound that your dad has left. Those, some of you, it's geared to show that how to forgive their father and how to know their heavenly father and that the two are not the same. And how to be a Christian man. They get to go through that study once a month. The boy gets a gift. And then the man and the boy. Fun. Something that the man wants to do. If the man likes wood turning, they'll wood turn. If the guy likes riding horses, they'll go ride horses. If they like four wheeling, they'll go four wheeling. If they like shooting, they'll go shooting. If they like flying planes, they'll go fly planes. See what I'm saying? It's not about what you do. It's that this guy 
and this boy are connected and doing something together. And he says, this is what it means to be a Christian. It's a great, it's a great idea. And so we're going to have a time of response here in a minute. I'm going to look like I'm going to have you stay seated during this time and to contemplate. And I'm going to have you respond. How can you respond? Christian man, if you're someone who has come to know Christ, I just encourage you, the, the thing I challenge you with is go to the lunch and hear me. That's what I would say. I've got fried chicken. I mean, come on. A free lunch and to hear about an awesome minute. That's what I'm challenging them. And then to be praying about whether or not you want to be interested in mentoring. Just because you want to doesn't mean we're going to, it's going to happen, but we want, we want to make sure we're careful in the slow process of investigating that. We'll talk about that later. If the, if man, if you are married, then wife, you're saying, well, what's my job? Well, your job is to be able to do things that the husband can't do. That man will never step across the, the threshold of that single mom's home. That woman is probably going to need some ministry. We're going to have women. You, you know if the son's coming to church at least twice a month or more, that mom's going to be interested in what's happening. He's going to show up here. We're going to need women to minister to women. Maybe you're a single lady, a widow, and you're like, what do I do? Well, we need service products. We need some place to go and do something. You want someone to rake your leaves? We're going to have a team to do that for free. You need someone to mow the lawn. You need somebody to paint the house or whatever it might be. That is the idea. Our greatest need is this. Our greatest need right now is this. To know we, we need contacts with single moms who have a boy at home from seven to seven, whose dad is not involved in life, they're not living with a boy, but someone who doesn't have like a, a father, an adopted father in the home. And you know what? Ladies, you know ladies like that. My guess is you've met them, you've talked with them, you know them. We need their names so that we could talk to them about the minute. They, the parents, you know, the mom has to say, okay, yeah, I'll agree to this. The boy has to agree to it. This discussion of what this looks like. But we need, we need some of those we know some single moms, the ones I'm thinking of, all have girls. But that doesn't work. It doesn't mean we're not ministering to them, but just not through this particular. We might know some people who are, who are single moms, but they have a guy living with them. It's a different situation. So everyone here could play a part in some way. The call is to remember this. God is a God. God is a God who is the father to the fatherless. And if that's his heart, that should be hard. I'm going to have you bow your head. Worship team, sing a song. You can just listen, respond how the Lord would have you respond. If you want prayer, you can come up. I'd be happy to pray with you. Maybe you're someone without a father. You're an adult, and you're someone who says, I still haven't forgiven my father, and you need to do Maybe you're a Christian man who says, I need to be the father too much that, that you're talking about. If you want that kind of prayer, I'm up here. Otherwise, contemplate what the Lord is speaking to you as the things. Thank you for listening to the Staying Connected podcast, the preaching ministry of Pastor Roland Kennison from Rosemont Baptist Church in Montrose, Colorado. We pray the Lord will use this sermon to help you in your life and ministry. If you found this podcast helpful, would you consider contributing to our ministry? You can give online at www.rosemontbaptist.org forward slash give. If you live in western Colorado or you're visiting the area, we would love to have you visit us on Sunday morning. 
Our services start at 10.45 a.m. You can also watch our worship service live through our website at rosemontbaptist.org. Now, to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to make you stand in the presence of his glory, blameless with great joy, to the only God our Savior, through Jesus Christ our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time and now and forever. Amen.